This is an irreverent podcast. Check out irreverent.fm for shows from all our friends. everybody, welcome back to Exvangelical. I have with me this week Mike James. Mike and I actually connected over Twitter thanks to the wonders of social media. We connected uh, over being fellow Exvangelicals as well as comic book nerds, and I'm really happy to have you on the show. Welcome, Mike. Thanks, Blake. I'm uh, super stoked to be here. It was awesome. <laughs> Didn't, uh, was not expecting this when I... Uh... Yeah, when I uh, sort of started connecting with different uh, fellow uh, ex-Christians on Twitter. So. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's one of the sort of great things that's, that's sort of, uh, it's been my experience at least. Is, yeah, and, I just, and it was funny, even just saying that out loud, saying ex-Christian, I don't even know if that's what I am. I guess that's how confused I am about this whole, this whole thing at this point. So, but we yeah. can get into that. That's what this yeah. whole thing's about. So, yeah, I don't Absolutely. even. And, yeah. and the whole point of this and my whole thing is it's okay <laughs> to not yeah <laughs> but uh um but yeah let's let's just learn a little bit about you where are you from uh, what's yeah. your background so um initially i was i was actually born in canada so i currently live in phoenix but uh i i was born in canada and uh outside toronto and i grew up there for like the first eight years of my life or so and then um family moved out to uh, the west, the west coast. I lived in Vancouver for about a year, and then my parents started to have some pretty serious marital problems um, that I became pretty aware of, and I have some pretty vivid memories of. And uh, they moved the family, I think, as some desperate attempt to save the marriage, down to uh, oddly enough, down to Scottsdale, Arizona, and so. <laughs> Um, I, I, at this point now having conversations with my father, I think at his, um, dismay, but you know, in an attempt to try <laughs> to save things, they moved to the desert. Uh, hmm. and, uh, yeah, so, and I pretty much grew up here, uh, most of my formative years, um, and where, uh, most of my, uh, my faith based, um, adolescence and, uh, development and, and sort of, you know, what ended up sort of developing into a, a complete ideology and belief system sort of formed, uh, while I was here growing up in, in, in the Phoenix area. So, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So I have very limited exposure to Arizona. Um, I, my sister went to law school for one year at Arizona state before mm-hmm. transferring. <laughs> and then, um, and then, um, I went to a dude ranch once. <laughs> so, so you got, um, yeah, you got the full gamut, man. So what, <laughs> what was yeah, yeah. the cliche, the most cliched experience. <laughs> That's right. <Hold> on. <laughs> so, um, so what, what was, what was Arizona like during those formative years? Like yeah. nine and nine and going on, but before we even get to the church part, what was sure. just, yeah, yeah. what was Arizona um, like? Yeah, it was, um, I'll be honest. I actually thought because I was third grade going into fourth grade, I legitimately thought I was moving to the Sahara Desert. I thought I was <laughs> moving to I and I, that is the God's honest truth. I literally thought we were moving into tents uh, into into like sand, like the sand dude. <laughs> I, I thought that's. I don't know where that would have that's, developed from. It must have been like from storybooks or something yeah. or some kind of appropriated <laughs> message that was given to me somehow. By I don't know. I'm trying to think of like. 
if Aladdin was big at the time or something like that. And so the idea of like the desert, you know what I'm saying? Like you associate words with other words. So desert that the only idea of desert I had was what was given to me in like in picture books. And so the only deserts that were really sort of represented that way would be more like those big sand dunes. And, um, and so honestly, I admit that might even actually have been, that's a revelation right there. I don't know, (laughs) but, uh, subconsciously, but yeah. So then we, um, it was it was a lot. Uh, I remember we moved. We'd always lived in a, in a home. Um, my dad is a family doc, and I remember, you know, all my time in Canada, essentially living in um, you know relatively tame neighborhoods, suburban neighborhoods. And mm-hmm. um, when we moved to Scottsdale, we moved into a, a relatively small apartment complex, and so it was a complete lifestyle change for us. And I think part of that now, when I think about it, I think they were trying to figure out where they were going to live, but it was, uh, it was a big shift and, um, you know, dealing with being the, the kid from out of the country, even though I spoke the same language, there was a lot of that, um, you know, Oh, you know, you live in igloos or this and that kind of like that kind (laughs) of, a lot of those, (laughs) uh, a lot of those things going on. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting time, but I, I was a pretty outgoing kid. And, um, I made friends relatively quickly and, um, you know, one, one really, really weird thing, cause I was thinking about, you know, what we were going to talk about today. And I was just, as I was, um, angrily scrolling through Twitter and, and seeing different <laughs> political things, yeah. uh, you know, I was, I was actually thinking how quickly I made myself learn the pledge of allegiance. Really? Uh, yeah, that really actually thinking back to it, it really stuck out to me how much I, I made myself really dedicate because I remember going into my fourth grade class and everybody's standing up and me sort of just kind of like you just do what everybody else does. And I, you know, and then not being able to recite this thing that all the other kids are reciting mm-hmm. and just feeling just so alone, so like out of place. Like it was just so weird. Crazy. Uh, yeah. And, um, and I remember going home and, 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 and then for the first kind of couple weeks, like just intently listening. And I may have even got somebody or like either my parents or somebody to get me like an actual written, um, pledge of allegiance, um, so that I could see and, and, and try to memorize it. And man, I, I nailed that thing quick. I mean, I was, <laughs> I wanted to fit in so bad. I wanted to say these words and Anyway, I don't know what that means, but it's it's uh it's uh, thinking about it now. It's a little effed up, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, um, it's definitely uh, a symbol of civil civil religion for sure. I mean, uh, it, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I didn't. I I really think think back at that just because it's something that's probably for your other classmates, like it was from like it was for me. I was born here and was taught it probably before I remember what it was and it was just a rote thing you know but for you it was like sticked out like a sore thumb because it was this thing that excluded you until you did it until you knew how to do it that's really interesting <laughs> yeah it is uh it was just odd thinking about that uh earlier today um the just how how much of it was uh <laughs> how how important that i i felt that it was yeah <laughs> to sort of fit yeah. in and were you going? Uh, were you going to public schools? I'm, I'm, I did. Yeah. yeah okay. So I went. I went to public schools um, all through. Um, ironically, I didn't end up going to a private school until I went to Bible college. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, which we can talk about. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Definitely. 
Um, so what was, so let's get to the sort of church component. You said that this, that Scottsdale was where you had your sort yeah. of formative adolescence and, and everything leading up into that, um, as far as faith oriented parts of your life. Um, yeah. what was, what sort of church did your family go to? Um, and what was your like level of invo- involvement there, I suppose? Yeah. Um, all right. So, and just, you know, if I, if it gets long winded, just, just stop me. Um, <laughs> so you know, I, I think for me, and I think this is where there's a lot of relatability from a lot of people when I speak to them about their church experience and about youth group culture and things like this. And when I, a lot of the uh, deconstruction of the last year that I've gone through listening to so many of these podcasts um, and listening to so many people's stories, uh, including some of the incredible guests on your show, which have just, it's been so, um, it's been so it's very been very helpful but it's also just it's made me feel much less alone uh which has been really cool uh in a lot of ways um i was when i when i moved here i i started to gain a lot of weight Uh, i think my the parental issues um started to really uh weigh heavily on me uh by the time i got into fifth grade i'd probably put on as a fifth grader uh, i mean probably a solid extra 30 to 40 pounds um, I became kind of the chubby kid in class. Um, I had the personality, so that kind of saved me a little bit. I kind of ended up, you know, I think you kind of naturally go that direction to try to find how you fit. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I kind of played the ham roll a little bit and, um, and it worked. Uh, but I, I remember vividly in fifth grade, um, when things got worse between my parents and, uh, when ultimately, um, things started to, to dissolve, I, I took a lot of it on myself. I'm the oldest of, of three. Uh, and I just remember starting to go into a major funk and I actually know that I was, I was put into a, I think they called it seals. And I don't know if that still exists anymore. And I don't even know what it hmm. stands for, but it was like a, it was this in in it was in public school, but an in public school um, counseling type group, and I remember getting actually uh, removed from class uh, about once or twice a week to go participate in this group, and it was a very much a talk about your feelings, talk about these things, and so I think I know don't, I'm not sure if they ever I've never really asked my parents about this, but somebody sort of volunteered me to go into this. Okay. Um, because yeah. I think they started to notice some stuff. And so I, I remember that, that being a, a, a significant part of my life is going through sort of a, a depressive state and not knowing, and then sort of using food, I think, uh, looking back on it as a way to escape. Mm-hmm. I, I became a latchkey kid, um, which I'm not sure if everybody knows what that is, if they haven't gone through it, but essentially I, uh, I came home to an empty house. Um, and this was after, um, my mom had decided to leave and she actually ended up moving away back to Canada. Um, and, uh, this was actually just before my parents got divorced and she just disappeared. Hmm. And, um, I remember, um, wondering, you know, where, where she was. So, you know, and, and what was going on there. And so, uh, I think, you know, that played into a lot of, uh, distress and a lot of, uh, yeah. questioning and frustration. And, um, and so I, I think through that 
coming home, like I said, to, to essentially no one because my father was working. Um, and I think I'd come home and I would just eat. No one would tell me that I couldn't. And so I would um, make myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny now, but, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, the joke from like Lord of the Rings, like second breakfast. and you know, this <laughs> is like, I was having like second and third lunch before dinner and it just, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think, you know, and I try not to hold my dad too much accountable because I think he was just trying to do the best he could um, considering the circumstances. But I, you know, it got bad. And so and I know this is being long winded, but what it turns into is essentially um, I got exposed by the time sixth grade rolled around. Um, I got invited to go to, uh, my, uh, one of the local churches, uh, I guess it'd be at that point of kind of like their sixth grade, uh, Wednesday night groups. Yeah. And, like a, uh, a middle school youth grouper. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, the, the public school that I was at sixth grade at this point wasn't involved with, with middle school yet, but it was, oh, okay. uh, so yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, but yeah, they had their Wednesday night group and I remember going uh, to that with, with a friend and I, I actually vividly remember how it impacted me just walking in and seeing other kids actively, you know, with this, there was people on stage and there was games being played. And I, I'm, you know, I, I, and I'd have to ask this back to you, Blake, I, I'm not sure sort of, I mean, I know I've, I've heard you talk about it, but like, you know, I don't know what your youth group experience was like, but that at those early stages, just seeing church being in that way, because my experience at church to this to this point was, was definitely Sunday morning only. And we weren't really yeah. consistent with it. We were going, but more of like as a necessity, my dad didn't really talk about it. There was no sort of conversation about yeah. God or anything or Jesus. We definitely prayed at the table. Um, but it certainly wasn't a big part of, um, of our, our family life at that point, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I sort of had that experience also after I moved, um, interestingly enough. So I like, um, up until my freshman year of high school, I lived in a small town in Indiana. Um, and we were, my family was always involved in church. We did these, um, these annual, uh, mission trips where we would like, as a family, we would go with all these other families to the same community in South Carolina and help build homes. Um, it was, uh, it was actually, I think unique in regards to short-term missions because it was like, it wasn't just like dropping in and leaving and never coming back every year. We'd come back and we'd meet the same people. We'd stay at the same place. Um, so that was formative for me. Um, but then when I moved to, uh, the Chicago suburbs, to Naperville, um, I I moved at the the tail end of freshman year of, of high school. Um, so like I had six weeks left, um, and then like I didn't really meet anyone that I hit it off with um, that those six weeks. And so I sort of had like a summer where my sister and I just hung out. Like she was a freshman in college, and we just watched movies. Like that was that was where we like bonded as siblings, um, as like pseudo adults. But then that following sophomore year, I met someone that invited me to a youth group. And then that, that was the game changer for me. You know, that was where, that was where it sort of, it got its hooks into me. <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, I was sure. already like a, I was already like a, uh, like a, I had a lot of religious impulses. I, I definitely had like a lot of interest in, in religion. Um, but I not to that sort of level of involvement and not where you could all of a sudden meet all these kids that are doing fun kid things and like, um, and like you're allowed to participate in, 
in things like like you said like singing and stuff and i've i i was the other i was i i I was also the kid you know that invited a friend you know like right my best friend in high school to come with me to youth group and he got involved and you know um yeah yeah. (laughs) that's a whole other story like yeah (laughs) that's a whole other story like uh but because we both end up ended up disenchanted with evangelicalism by the end of college yeah (laughs) but um but anyways um but yeah, yeah well, so I, so yeah, I totally resonate with that. For me, it was a, a few years later in, in youth group, but it was the same exact dynamics. It was yeah. you know, uh, uh, kids doing fun stuff with other kids, cool adults, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, totally. Yeah. And I, th- I think that's that was the big thing for me is I felt like okay, I've got these. I, I've exactly to that point, and I think it really resonated to see some uh, some adults uh, speak in a way that I didn't see. And this is again nothing against my father. You right. know, we actually had a really good relationship, and I. I mean, yeah. There's and, I mean, there's some other things now, but I but I, but seeing seeing men uh in that 20 to 30 to even like 40 year old range speaking in in these really loving um and kind of and and fun but just you know speaking about things and and relating in a different way than I felt like I was getting at home um was intoxicating in a lot of ways it was just um so and in a lot of ways I'm not that part of my evangelical life, like I'm not angry about that part, you know, like I, I don't, I don't look back on that necessarily in, in in the fact that I felt a part of something that that's, that that was the, you know, uh, the, the negative part of my experience. I think it unfortunately led to a lot of other things. Um, but, but that alone, um, I needed that, you know, and I, and it's funny because thinking about it now, um, it's, it's hard because it's, you can see why the evangelical church is so, uh, hell bent on trying to get kids young, you know, and trying to get them into these groups early, right? You can see why, and, and then, uh, sort of what comes out at the other end by the time they're 18. And, you know, I mean, we've, you know, everyone's had this conversation so many times, you know, you don't get them by 18. I mean, the chances are whatever, super low that, you know, they're going to stick with it. But boy, I, you know, I can, I can definitely say for me, considering what I was going through with my parents' divorce, um, how much it sort of meant to be able to go somewhere and feel like I was a part of something at least two times a week. It was, uh, you know, I actually, I genuinely looked forward to it. Um, so that was, that was probably different than most kids. Cause I think a lot of kids, you know, I'm sure you can probably relate to this. They're like, why do you, you know, why you get excited and so excited about going to church? I mean, I tell (laughs) people and they're like, I don't want to go there. I don't, what, what that's crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what sort of church was this? Um, was it like a non-denominational church or was it, uh, some, some other flavor? Yeah, no, it was a non-denominational Bible church, um, a relatively large one. And for any Arizona listeners out there that are from this area, I think (laughs) you can probably put a lot of, put two and two together in a lot of places. (laughs) I'm not going to name names, um, because it's just, I don't think it's necessary, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah. A very large uh, borderline mega church in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, but it was a uh, yeah, Bible based, non-denominational evangelical church for sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I don't know, you know, just to give some listeners some context, too. And I, I think some people know about Scottsdale, but 
you know, for those that don't, it's a very affluent area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, it's a, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the more affluent areas in the country. Um, certain zip codes are, are probably like, you know, um, some of the wealthiest zip codes in the country. Um, and that's not to say that that was my situation. I think that was a decision that, um, <laughs> the, the infighting between my mother and father and her desire to be in a really nice area. And I think that might've also been part of their, um, you know, the marital issues, but, but we lived there and it was, um, you know, interesting. I mean, I went to high school with kids that drove Hummers and everybody had a BMW and it was one of those kind of, you know, situations. And, um, so, and a lot of that, you know, as you can probably imagine, as we kind of go down the road here, you probably can sort of see where some of this is going because, uh, the zip code that my high school was in was the number one, uh, per, I don't know how to say this, but is it per, I guess it'd be per capita or per just based on percentage, the largest Trump voting percentage in the country was from the zip code that I essentially grew up in. Really? Hmm. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's eight, five, two, five, nine. I want to say it's, <laughs> it's one of the eight, five, two, five something. So really? Yeah. 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 I, that, that is definitely something that's come out is that it's not the people post-election. It was not the people that, that were, I don't know, like being drummed up so violently at rallies that really supported him. I mean, they, they also supported him, but also that there were a number of affluent areas and people that were not directly impacted by Trump's policies that <laughs> supported him. In the oh, election. there's no question. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, let's be real. I mean, you know, and, and yeah, we can, you know, I'm sure, you know, we can get to it, but that, you know, and I, I, I just I hate giving him credit for anything. That's the problem. I, I hate it. Um, when I say him, I mean um, you know our current president. But I, I I the reality is a lot of a lot of what's gone on for me in this last year um, that came to fruition that's been building for a long time. I, I really feel like he was the straw that broke for me. Um, yeah. Seeing people and um, and and churches and things like that make decisions um unilaterally uh, supporting this man um i just couldn't handle it anymore uh, i i just i i just it uh it it finally broke me and um but anyway that's jumping ahead so but uh <laughs> yeah it was um it was a bible based church and um relatively large and i participated in it um throughout high school um i had great relationships um there and um uh, you know, did the same kind of deal, tried to invite kids to church. I, you know, was involved. Um, I, I actually, you know, ended up, we did, you know, a couple quote unquote missions trips. Uh, mm. And I really use those quotes. Um, man, mm-hmm. I'm using those, uh, <laughs> those quotes, those quotes. <laughs> uh, um, man, looking back at that stuff, how they use words like missions, um, is, uh, oh gosh, it's frustrating. Um, it, it like a glorified vacation for rich white kids. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, yeah, it's, uh, uh, and you know, and again, in some ways the ignorance of it, of stuff like that is, uh, it's hard to, to get too down on myself about it. Cause I don't think I really even realized it. It was my experience. It's what I knew. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to put that on. It's hard to put that on the children involved. Yeah. And it's, I, it you is, know, it is, I mean, but they're, there, there are definitely, you know, adults that probably knew better. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, um, I'd say that's probably fair. Um, and there, there is, I think, 
yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to it's hard to criticize those those the children because I mean even teenagers teenagers are can think for themselves, but also um, you know they have legal protections and other things because they're still developing. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> so, and I, you know, and I, I know remember, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember being you know as I continued to to be involved um, at the church too. I, I feel like the ones that kind of I was you know there's always the kids that kind of gravitate towards it and then are super involved and I, I kind of feel like I was in that uh, in that space to a certain extent um, and I, I do feel like the, the longer that I and the older that I got through high school um, you know you kind of got a, a peek behind the curtain a little bit too about sort of church politics and how the sausage is made yeah uh, um, yeah and uh, sometimes uh, interns for the youth group and things like that would get a little bit too, um, you know, open about about things or share stuff. And you kind of learn that it's like, oh, it's not all fun and games. Oh, wow, people are getting paid to do this and that. Or, oh, someone's getting fired. Or you, you learn different stuff. And, oh, why did they get let go or what? Ha-? And, you know, you start messing around with some church politics and you especially around a big church where there's we're talking like you know where salaries are a real big deal and um you know numbers are a huge deal you know that that was that stuff was um was shocking to me i mean it was it was formative in a lot of ways um and i didn't really think of it as anything sort of um, negative at the time. I don't think I was, I was mature enough to sort of understand sort of the, all the ramifications of that stuff. But, uh, but I do remember being exposed to those things relatively early. So it's very interesting to sort of think back, uh, on that time, uh, as well, just the, the exposure to some of that behind the church or behind the scenes church making, uh, for a a mega church. It's just, uh, it's, it's interesting. So yeah. yeah, but yeah. So what was, um, what was, what was the, sort of environment between you and like your your peers um as far as like things i mean th- th- this is sort of one of the standard questions that's developed yeah. through these conversations like related to um related to things like purity culture or any of those other sort of hallmark yeah. hallmarks of uh 90s and 2000s youth group culture yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. where... i mean so are you asking blake if, did i read did i kiss uh i kiss dating goodbye yes the answer is yes <laughs> Uh, my dad paid me $25 to read that book. Um, so, and, uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, and I honestly, in hindsight, I want to like, I, I would have loved to have like, just thought of it. Like, I wish my older self could have like done the whole like Zach Morris pause. Where, like, <laughs> and I like send my current version back and just go, dad, did you really think your son was getting laid? Like, really? <laughs> Yeah, you know, like, so, <laughs> I mean, it's, oh, it is too, it's priceless. It's so funny, but you know, yeah, um, it was, it was real, man. That's, there's no question. I remember many a sermon during, uh, Wednesday nights and things like that. A lot of God, I swear, I mean, Wednesday, between Wednesday nights and, um, ch- and church camps, I, I must've come to Jesus and repented I mean, I can't even count on, Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, how many times, mainly, you know, probably because of sexual sort of sin and desire and this and that and feeling guilty about, you know, one thing or another. And, 
and man alive, I mean, the amount of, uh, and, and, and obviously I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pointing at myself right now, but I certainly know that uh, there's a lot of us that were sort of doing, dealing with the same thing. Uh, but boy, was it a point of emphasis, uh, a lot of the time, um, mm-hmm. in, in our, in our youth group for sure. So yeah, uh, yeah the yeah. purity culture thing was a, was a big deal. Um, yeah. cause I'm sure that there were, so that, that's the thing about youth groups is like, you know, relationships happen. So, and then when you, you know, it, it depends, like it depends on the youth group, but a lot of times, you know, there are people that start dating in youth groups and then you throw in this whole thing and it's, yeah, it, it just becomes even messier. <laughs> yeah, no. And I, and I, you know, because I, I, you know, I, I was, um, I, I, I didn't have sort of the success, let's just say with the ladies, <laughs> Some of my, uh, some of my buddies, uh, did. Um, and you know, I mean, it was, it was tough, man. That stuff, it is God to high school, or like middle school, uh, middle school, especially cause you're so awkward. I mean, God, that's such an awkward stage. Oh, it's yeah. so brutal. Uh, <laughs> it I mean, really I have, oh dude, like the pictures I have of myself in middle school, I think I wore, I legitimately think I wore an Eddie Bauer sweater to one of our dances. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's, yeah. Like yeah. I thought that that was that was appropriate attire. I'm pretty um, sure I wore a vest with a t-shirt underneath it. Uh, just a t-shirt, just, just like a white t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, <laughs> and it was like I'm a, just, it was like a, uh, you know, Cosby show sort of. Yeah. Yeah. I like, mean, literally, I, again, I don't, I don't know why my father or anybody thought that there was some, some fear of me, you know, impregnating a, a woman or getting any sort of <laughs> sexually transmitted disease because honestly, most of my <laughs> high school life, was pretty much staying at home uh, and playing Final Fantasy and uh, and wrestling, you know, doing insane wrestling moves on our trampoline with my buddies. Like, you know, I honestly, yeah, yeah that, that was yeah. most of my, my weekends. So uh, when it wasn't football season. Uh, so, <laughs> nice. yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, but it was, it was, but it was, it was hard though. I remember really seeing, seeing other kids that, that were, you know, quote unquote, more, you know, attractive at the time and that were getting girlfriends and going through that whole experience. And I remember, I mean, legitimately crying myself to sleep some nights, um, just, you know, praying to God, praying to the, my Santa Claus God that he would send me somebody that would just, you know, that would kiss me or that I would, you know, or that I could understand what it was like or to, you know, to, to, to just understand what that feeling was like, um, to have somebody else have the same feelings as you. Cause I just remember constantly getting the whole, like, you know, I guess the, probably the easiest way to equate it without being long winded is if, if any listeners have seen, um, uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie, um, uh, what's the, is it by best friends or, um, Gosh, now I'm blanking on what it is. Anyway, yeah, I'll think, I think I know. But, which, I think I know which one you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. That was, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, where? Oh, is that the one where he's he wears he's he's overweight at the beginning? Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, he's like he's like the best. You're gonna make the best husband someday. Oh, yeah. but yeah, but yeah. no, I'm not. No, <laughs> no, I will not. No, I will not go to the dance with you for sure. Um, so that was yeah. my life, and it was tough being at at church with with that going on too, because, you know, I really, I was super focused on being like a really, you know, whatever it meant to be like a, a quote unquote godly man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at least in, in my limited knowledge of what that meant. And it just to, to feel like I was doing all the right things, but not getting, you know, the blessings, 
that I thought that I was, I was due. Um, yeah, that was, that was tough. Um, that was really hard, but, uh, but I survived and I, you know, put myself into other, you know, distracted myself with other things. I was heavily involved with, um, with FCA. Um, yeah. Um, for those of you that don't know, it's a fellowship of Christian athletes. So I, I did that and, uh, that was an experience. Um, you know, it was basically four of us in our high school that kind of led that and then would lead meetings like I think once a week in the mornings. And boy, did we feel like we were the coolest shit, man. We thought, <laughs> and I don't know why we got that feeling, but I think it was just like, we just were like, yeah, we're doing this thing. We got our own club at school and, um, <laughs> nice. It, yeah. yeah. Um, did you meet at the pole? Yeah, dude. I mean, lots of prayer at the pole. Uh, <laughs> You know, we had, uh, we definitely had the support of, uh, of a few, uh, Christian, uh, PE type teachers that would, that would show up, you know, um, to, to support us and things like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a big, that was a big part of, of my life, sort of the last couple of years of high school. Um, ultimately that's actually what led into, um, my decision to go to a, a Christian college, uh, was, hey. was the last final years. Yeah. 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 So what was your Christian college experience like? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, ironically enough, I, I, I totally, I mean, I got into all the state schools and if everybody, you know, it's not like it was, that's any big deal here in Arizona, but, um, but I absolutely could have gone to another, um, could, could have gone to, to any in-state school and, and probably a lot of this stuff I would have be, been deconstructing a lot earlier, <laughs> I think, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, but I chose, I was so wrapped up in, uh, at that time in the, in church culture and what it mean. It was literally my life, Blake. I mean, it was, it was all of who I was. It was all of my, my close friends. Um, I had begun kind of in that senior year. I remember, uh, before college, starting to neglect friendships that I'd had earlier in, in high school because my church life became so important that hmm. it sort of became like, well, listen, here's the thing, brass tacks. Like if you're not going to follow me down this road, it's not my problem, but I'm not going to abandon my faith. And if you, you know, I don't care if you're Jewish, I don't care if you're this or whatever, but, uh, you know, what's the point? There was a lot of what's the point of maintaining these relationships if they're, if we're not equally yoked, if we're not, um, you know, if we're not going to be going through this together and going to be brothers in Christ, like what's the point of trying to maintain this? And dude, that stuff kills me every day. Um, because I feel like so many relationships that I could have had, um, and, 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 and may still have, um, were, were lost, neglected and then lost subsequently, uh, over the next five to 10 years simply because of a mindset that said, why invest in these people if they're not Christians like I am? And that stuff is really tough. Um, so, you know, I went into Christian college with a chip on my shoulder. Um, I convinced my father that this is what I wanted to do. I think he, he actually tried to convince me not to, um, in his way. He didn't force me. Um, he asked me numerous times, is it really what you want to do? Really? And I, and I decided to go, um, partly out of fear. I think there was a fear that I had going into a a secular, um, you know, state school that I was going to get myself into trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's super common. Like, I think that's like, 
I don't know what it is, but that that's something that gets in young, like, young evangelical Christian heads is that if you go to, if you go to a secular school, you're not going to be a Christian anymore. You're going to like, there's no option. You're just going to start partying and be lascivious and, you know, all those things. And you're, yeah, I don't know what it is. I don't like, well, (laughs) well, uh, I mean, I, I I can point to some things. I do know like like there are some very, (laughs) (laughs) yes, it's it's just such a interesting thing that it's well yeah that it's that it's like within the atmosphere that these are the safe places to go um these are the places where you should receive a christian education well um, I think and that's... it wasn't i mean that's a, that's a funny thing i mean my parents went to purdue they didn't right you know but um but anyways, so you yeah, decided, but that's but, but that's, see, but that's so funny though, Blake. Like your parents went to Purdue. My dad is a is a is a family doctor that went to a uh, a regular. I mean, oh, he froze for a second. You there? Oh no! Hold on one second. I think I may have to call you right back no if you can hear me. No. Um. Okay. Just so one. Yeah. So you're. So sorry, we got disconnected, but but we were talking that my parents went to Purdue. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. So for me, like, I just, I that it's it's just it's a very it's a very interesting phenomenon. I think that so many of our generation, their the parents went to like a secular, you know, institution, um, mm-hmm. had experiences, went and did these things, and 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 then so many of their children felt this pull, this need to go to like a Bible college or a Christian school, yeah. uh, w- whether by pressure from parents um, out of fear or from their own accord because of like a situation like mine where I, I scared myself into, into wanting to go, not right. because I felt like I, I had to go, but um, I felt like you know, and I could use the excuse that I, you know, that I prayed about it and that God told me that I, I don't know. We, we yeah, I'm not even sure. <laughs> I don't even know how I can reconcile that now, but, yeah. um, but I, I just, I find it so crazy that, um, and I, I'm not necessarily even sure cause I haven't really had a chance to ponder it, but I'd be, I'd actually be fascinated if somebody did some kind of study to show like how many kids who, ended up going that are maybe in that, uh, millennial age group, uh, yeah. how many of their parents went to like, just like a standard, um, university, you know what right. I mean? Um, yeah. Yeah. cause it's, it's such an interesting phenomenon to me, but yeah, so I, I decided to go, um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I had no intention, none. I did know this about myself, um, was not a theologian. Um, I, it was more about, I just wanted to stay safe. I wanted to be in this culture. Like I didn't, I just, Mm -hmm. this is where I felt like I had developed an identity. And, uh, ironically enough, um, my senior year of high school, I had gotten into, um, student government for the first time. And it was kind of my first exposure really to some of the, some political sort of issues, because that was also, uh, I graduated in 01. So as you can imagine, that was literally George Bush, Right. Uh, yeah. That's uh, when I graduated uh, high school too. So same, right. same exact time. Yep. Yeah. yeah. 
So, I mean, I remember for the first time in my life hearing about issues that uh, I never really considered the first sort of homosexual issues, um, you know, within my, within a, a public school, um, guys in, in, uh, in my, uh, in student government making, you know, certain claims and feeling like I had to defend myself for the first time and defend my, uh, my religion and things like that. And ultimately feeling that I never had, I've never, I never felt that way before. And ultimately then when politics came involved, it was a very odd feeling. And I felt like I, all of a sudden looking back, it felt like everybody started to take sides. And, um, yeah. and you got to remember too, I was a Canadian too. You know, <laughs> like I, I hadn't even gotten my, and I'd been in the country at that point, technically long enough to become a citizen, but I was still like a green card holder. I couldn't even vote. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the first time I actually voted was 2008. Um, and, uh, and we can <clears throat> talk about that and who I voted for. Um, <laughs> um another one of my yeah. <laughs> shameful <No>. experiences. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so anyway, so, but yeah, going to, to going to college I had no intention. I went to Bible school literally because I felt like it was the safe choice for me, not because it was like something that I was going, I was going to be in, full-time ministry at that point. I, I certainly wasn't thinking about that. So, yeah. So, um, your Bible college, I mean, they, they, they vary quite a bit as far as their level of strictness and, mm-hmm. um, as far as whether they're lenient or, you know, I mean, yeah. Like Conservative. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm trying so, to think of some of your other, some of your other guests and the different schools that they've been to from, you know, um, Wheaton and all these other schools. And, and I've heard you talk a little bit about yours, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, screw it. This one I will drop. So I went to Southwestern college, mm-hmm. uh, I think, you know what, institutions, they can protect themselves. <laughs> Good. So, and I'm not going to worry about that. And I, yeah. So, so yeah. So I went to Southwestern College, which is no longer um, called Southwestern College. It's now currently Arizona Christian University. Um, and uh, at the time, uh, I, it had just come out of, it, it was a part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And I remember when I was going there on visits to go check out the campus. I mean, it's super small. Uh, we're talking, I think, even even as the population increased by the time I graduated in 05, I think we were talking about maybe 400 students. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a very small population. Yeah, I think it's a lot bigger now. They've added, a, they've added dorms. They actually have a football team. I, I don't know how that works, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I got there, they, they literally had just gotten past some super strict dress code, uh, regulations that were in effect, I think just like maybe a year before I got there, um, Mm. as far as like what women could wear. And, um, and, uh, but I do remember that I got written up, um, a couple times for having holes in my jeans because, um, you know, yeah, we don't want to have anybody, you know, feel tempted by my kneecaps, uh, <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 Those kneecaps. So, are dangerous. Oh dude, it's rough. It's rough. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was definitely a very conservative school. They required you to live on campus. Uh, if you, um, I think within the, I think you had to live on campus either all four years uh, or unless you were married, I think that was kind of 
the situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I did not. And um, for any, uh, I guess now it's ACU um, <laughs> employees that are listening, I lied. Uh, <laughs> and so did my roommate. Um, and uh, and I won't name him, but uh, uh, actually a couple of us. It was it was two uh, two other guys. But we basically <laughs> said, "Oh no, this is what it was. You had to. You could either live at home, or you lived in the dorms, or you could be married and live in one of the." Yeah. Um, sort so of off campus <laughs> housing situations. Yeah. So, so, you, so you said, so, you, you said you were married or you said you were, yeah. You were. Okay. So, <laughs> I was a mar- Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, it wouldn't have been that shocking, uh, if I said that. It'd be like, oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, so no, I actually lied that, um, that I was living at home and mm. we got a apartment with two other guys, uh, about, um, you know, maybe like five miles away from the school. So, um, yeah, so started off on a great note already, you know, trying to, <laughs> I mean, it's funny looking back on the things that like, you know, that you start to just go like, well, I'm not going to obey these rules because this is stupid. Um, but I, but then you see other kids that are maybe were coming from like a homeschool background and they were just like all about it. I mean, it ended up being like looking like summer camp for, for those guys, you know, they <laughs> love, they love being uh, in the dorms and doing, you know, and, and being there. And honestly, I, I, I'm sure they had, you know, some of them had probably had a great time and I'm sure it was yeah. innocent and fun. And yeah, but. yeah, I think, I'd, um, that, that, that is one thing that I think is interesting about the sort of, um, the sort of overly restrictive rules is that it, it ends up making rule breakers of people that probably wouldn't be otherwise, you know, like I remember showing up at my, my school and not even knowing that curfew was a thing for freshmen. And I was so livid. Like, yeah. And then, but then eventually by the, by the end of the first semester or the second semester, like me and the guy that ended up being my roommate sophomore year, um, we, we just, one time there were three RAs of our dorm, like in the lobby and we just walked out and went to Taco Bell or whatever after that, right. you know, it's like, yeah. it's like, like, Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, but like, it is interesting the way those, the way those sorts of rules i don't know like to 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 uh, obtain a modicum of like adult autonomy level, yeah adult, adult level freedom and yeah. autonomy it's just like but they, you put they, yourself there that's the thing i put myself into that right, position right yeah yeah that's why i have no one else to blame like i I signed up. I told my dad I was going there. Like I decided like, this is what I want. And then yeah. I had like, you know, the audacity to be like, what do you mean? These rules, these are stupid. What, why are we, yeah. why are you making this? Like dude, <laughs> you, you, you read the thing, you decided to go there. Like you didn't have to. Right. And now you're, you know, and it's just like, so I, you know, it was a real, <laughs> I was super conflicted. I felt like I was like, you know, one of the angry, you know, and I honestly, I can tell you this, like, I don't have any, and that was one of the things, and I get why they want people there because they want you to develop relationships with people that are at the school and to, to continue to, to keep that almost youth group type vibe at the school to meet oh, yeah. these other yeah. people, right? Like yeah. it's a very insular. I definitely did not. And there's no question. I don't know or am friends with anybody from that school. I don't stay in touch. I have no connection with any of those people. So, mm. um, I don't know what that says about me, but it was also, I just think I, ironically, I think some of the stuff that happened and then, you know, I, I, I actually ended up going and doing a couple semesters at a community college to save some cash. Um, mm-hmm. you know, 
private school tuition, I was like, well, what am I spending money doing biology class? And, you know, here, you know, and so I went to the community college and got that stuff done. And honestly, there were times in my mind, I was like, I should just, why, what do I, why am I going to go back? Why? But then, mm-hmm. you know what happens? Uh, and a lot of probably Christian school, um, kids can relate to this. You're kind of down the rabbit hole. And if you've been there for a year and you've already got credits, you get this, you're, you're, you're in it and you're like, Oh God, oh man, I'm already a year in. Do I want to go back? Uh, I, 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 those credits probably don't transfer. Well, what do I do? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do I just keep going? Oh, There's... well, I, I guess, I mean, yeah. oh, dude, do I want to start over again? Well, I don't want to do that. Well, it's going to keep me from, you know, part of this whole thing that I've noticed, Blake, is that like my life felt very like I was supposed to there was this road and I was just supposed to follow it. And like, and based from the first day I walked into that youth group in sixth grade through literally when I got married, it felt like I was just supposed to go down this road. If I just did these things and I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I was good in youth group. And then I, I chose, I chose to go to a Christian college and then, uh, you know, I'll, I'll finish and I'll get my degree and then I'll, I'll get a job. And hopefully in between there, I'll find a wife who's a, you know, um, the, the, a, a good submissive Christian wife that wants to be with me and, you know, is going to raise kids and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And every other Christian cliche you can think of. And, and then, you know, we'll just have our life and it'll just be, it'll literally just, just line up, you know, yeah. just the way it's supposed to be. And, and it's going to look just, you know, a picket fence and, you know, two and a half kids and a dog and, it's just supposed to work out because I did exactly what I thought, you know, I was supposed to do in the eyes of God, um, or whatever I thought that was. And it just, yeah, it, it just, it's just, it's, I don't know. Um, and I don't know. Um, I keep thinking like when some of that stuff started to to sink in, because it feels like it's almost, it was almost like Chinese water torture. Like it was a little drip here and a little drip there. Because even when I was in college, you know, I did the I I stayed at that youth group at the you know mega church that I'd grown up in to serve, and I I led you know I was leading high school kids then, right? You know, like mm-hmm. you give back. So I started you know leading senior senior guys, and I half the effing conversations that we had were <laughs> nothing about try not to masturbate too much. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like that's all we ever talked about. Um, but, that, but I did it. And then I also, you know, I, I'm a singer and I actually, you know, I, uh, nothing professional, but I, I enjoy singing. And so I, I felt like a gift of mine was that I could, uh, maybe help out in worship. And I ended up leading worship for the high school group for about, uh, two years or so while I was in college. Um, and you know, that was, that was incredible for me. Um, but honestly, I don't necessarily know if it was, you know, uh, anything that was, I, I don't know if it was spiritually fulfilling or anything else, but it, but it maybe it, it gave me some sense of a purpose. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That, I, I mean, community even in, in and of itself is a powerful magnetic thing, you know, it's gonna keep you somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, but that, yeah, that so I I I stuck it out in um in school there and I decided to go back after the community college experience um you know probably against my better judgment and I finished off and mm-hmm. um finished with a business degree um which 
you know, I, I can't, I'm, and I'm blanking on my professor's name and I'm certainly not going to throw him under the bus, but boy, oh boy, the business program there at the time, I mean, yikes. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I got the piece of paper, um, and you know, I, I, I finished it, but man, um, I'm not going to say that I'm super proud, uh, of my, uh, of my education. Um, and, um, but I did what had to be done to get the piece of paper and, mm-hmm. and to get out. And, yeah. um, I, I literally like to tell people the only positive thing that came out of going to that school was that I met my wife and, um, you know, which is again, another cliche that, you, you know, Christian guy finds his Christian wife at a Christian school, you know, <laughs> they end yeah. up becoming marriage well. colleges, but <laughs> yeah, anyway. well, um, I can't throw any stones there. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, right, exactly. Where, <laughs> I know a lot. Of, you know. That's that's exactly where we where we met where I met my wife too. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. so after college, what what comes next? What's yeah? What's, I I you know for for me, um, you know we uh, I, I graduated, didn't know what I was going to do. We we actually ended up um, planting a church. Oh, my son's coming in. Hi. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did you hear that? Okay, you go, Daddy. Come help. Um, <laughs> if you need, if you need to go, don't worry. I've got a yeah, five-year-old too, so no, don't yeah. worry about that. Um, so, yeah, we actually ended up um, because of the people that I was involved with um, at the church and the, and some of the friendships that I'd had through there. Um, a close friend of mine, um, we uh, we had. Um, considered sort of doing our own, this is actually like right when the whole NUMA, uh, thing sort of, you know, Rob Bell's NUMA thing sort of kicked in the church movement. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of was a big deal, um, in that Oh, Oh four, Oh five range. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we, we really latched onto that. And, uh, I think there was a big movement of, of us that sort of felt like, wow, we need to be doing church differently. Like, we're, you know, we need to, it was, it was really like kind of this, like dip your toes into sort of progressive Christianity, but without sort of really being progressive. Like there's like, right. well, there's, there's definitely stay away from like, you know, I mean, yeah, we're going to love you, but I mean, you know, <laughs> let's be real here, you know, like love the sinner, hate the sin, you know, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there was a lot of that going on and, um, um, oh, <laughs> okay. I need to go help my son. Yeah, quick. no, it's okay. Oh. Don't, don't worry about it. Hit, hit pause. Okay. Yeah. You're good. <laughs> You're good. Happen all the time. The question is how do democracies respond to those scandals? Uh, and what will it mean for, uh, for the wider region? I think one of your children has just walked in. I mean, shift is shifting, Shifting sands in the region, do you think relations with the North may change? Um, I would be surprised if they do. The, um, pardon me. Pardon me. My apologies. What is this going to be for the region? My apologies. North, uh, Ooh. <laughs> oh, four-year-olds. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, that's real life. No, absolutely. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So we, so yeah, we, um, where was I? So we, we were, you know, the whole emerging church thing was happening and we had sort of made a decision that we were going to, we'd met some people, um, and that we were going to try to start 
our own church. Um, mm-hmm. I had I hadn't sort of figured out what I was going to do with my life post my degree. And um, my buddy who basically had kind of had everything planned out, he was going to sort of stay in ministry and uh, continue on in school. Um, but he really was committed to, to doing this thing. And um, we had the backing of another church, actually the church that my wife had grown up in. Um, they kind of ended up becoming sort of our uh, the, the mother church and helped us sort of financially uh, mm-hmm. get going. And so and and then we partnered with another church out in San Diego called Flood, which I'm not sure if you ever if you've ever heard of that before. No, I don't think it, that's not yes. what I'm familiar with. Yeah, so it was a pretty big, somewhat progressive emerging church during that time. I don't even know if it actually still exists, but it was. Um, they actually they had a like a professional band uh, called um, something like Silas. Um, oh, I think that like, name sounds a little familiar. And, uh, and I think there was a, I'm trying to think of that they changed their names, uh, to something else. Um, anyway, but they, um, but it was a, it was a relatively actually really big and successful church in San Diego. And it kind of had the same motif of kind of what we felt like we wanted to do in Phoenix. And so we planted something called flood the desert. Um, boom. And, uh, <laughs> we kind of played off their thing and, um, Yeah. And we did it actually in a swanky upscale hotel in, in Scottsdale. And, um, so we actually had, um, church in the ballroom. Um, oh, yeah, and cool. And yeah. And so, and just upstairs, like one of was like one of the hottest bars, um, in actually, you know, you might actually be familiar with, do you know what the, cause I think there's a hotel that still exists in Chicago, the James hotel. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so the yeah. James, so, so there was a James in old town, uh, okay. in old town Scottsdale. Oh, cool. We negotiated with them to use their, uh, conference room, um, every Sunday. And it was like, and I mean, it was a big deal. We had a, it was a big room. Um, I literally was responsible for bringing all, we had trusses and everything we were bringing in. It was a full production every Sunday. Yeah. Um, bringing it in and you know, they had the, you know, the bar was hopping even at Sunday nights and we'd have people bringing drinks in kind of poking their head in and some people would stay and it was, it was a pretty cool environment. We thought we were doing something like genuinely interesting within mm-hmm. that space. And, and then, <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, for one reason or another, between personalities and money and egos and, you know, everything else you can think of, uh, it all fell apart and really quickly. And I'll, you know, I'll save the details, but it was another exposure to me of just sort of, these are just people, man, you know, like, yeah. Oh, it's just, and once you know how the sausage is made and it's a call back to earlier being exposed to the church, but I should have known better. Yeah. It's just, they're just people, you know, and it's, um, so without, yeah. yeah. So without going into the other, the other parties involved, what was it like for you and and your wife? Was your wife involved too in the church? Yeah, she was. Cause you mentioned that she, uh, that, that her church like helped financially support and that sort of thing. So yeah. what was so it like for we, you guys? Oh man. So we hadn't, we hadn't quite got, gotten married yet. Um, that was kind of like in our sort of, um, engagement, uh, relationship phase, uh, mm-hmm. when all this was going on. And, uh, it was, it was really tough. She saw me kind of get beat up, um, and underappreciated for kind of just doing the grunt work for the church and, and doing sort of all this stuff. And, feeling like, um, I, you know, I was, 
you know, essentially just, you know, doing, not fulfilling sort of any sort of purpose, just kind of going through the motions. I graduated and I think she knew that I was frustrated that I hadn't got a career going and that I was working at a, you know, this upstart church and where, where was I going and, um, not being appreciated. And I just, I burn out. I mean, literally it was like one of those, that's it. I'm done. I just, I couldn't do it. Like drop everything and I'm out of here. And I ended up actually telling her, and this was before we got married, I just left. I actually, I, I threw a tent in my truck and I just, I drove around the Western United States <laughs> oh, wow. for, for like a month and a half. Um, just camping out and um, processing my thoughts and trying to uh, come to some conclusion about what I was going to do with my life um, post-church. And uh, oddly enough, after that fell apart, um, you know, that that may have been the start um, of some real contemplation about sort of my thoughts on, on church in general. I definitely was where the, my idea of like the actual structure of church and what church represented to me, uh, began to fall apart because I never really felt comfortable, um, in calling a church home, um, since then. And that was, we're talking 2006. Okay. So, yeah. So that's, you graduate in 2005 you have yeah. this crazy intense experience for a year yeah. or two. And then, yeah. uh, so so yeah, yeah. So, so were you doing like were you were you doing a lot of? I mean, you you mentioned that you did a lot of the like uh, building up and tearing down and all that sort of stuff. I did yeah. all that sort of. I, okay, so one just one of the, one of the thing that I identify about that with is like, um, we we went to a church for a few years where we would uh, we first met in the community center and then we met in an elementary school. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd have to do the same thing, tear up, you know, tear up, build up, tear down everything like immediately after church, all that sort of stuff. And it's like, it's a freaking a lot ordeal. <laughs> like a lot. Yeah. And like, we, we had to figure out how to fit everything into like this tiny ass little closet that the, <laughs> that like the elementary school gave us, uh, you know, to store all of our amps and monitors and all that other stuff. Um, anyways, so I totally like that part. I was like, yep, been there. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's, it's, and, and you know, I think it was it's, I think part, partly for me, Blake, like it, it started to, you know, once you, you know, you graduate from college and again, if you're like in that Christian mindset of like, you know, follow the path, right. Like, yeah. and then things start to not go down that path. Who are you? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you? Who, who is Mike? Who is Mike James? I, I honestly didn't know at that point. I didn't know. You know, I knew I had this. I, I I had this woman that loved me that thought I was great, and I was starting to question, you know, a lot of that. You know, I mean, I I was I was certainly um, going to fake it to make it to try to keep our relationship going. But yeah, and I never felt the pressure that from her at all. Like I think she was just happy to be with me, and um, you know, but I, I would have to default to to her now on 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 sort of her thoughts at the time. But for me, it was, uh, it was really tough because I, you know, I, I wanted to be whatever successful was, whatever that was to find a purpose. I just, I, I felt lost. I didn't know what to do. And, um, you know, once the church thing fell apart, it just, it felt like, um, it just, it felt like it was just, uh, like everything was over. Um, I'd lost my identity, you know, and, and that was, that was really hard. Um, and relationships kind of fell apart, uh, from there. And, 
people that I'd spent so much time with, all of a sudden it was like they were just ghosts. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, that's uh, devastating. So, but, but, you know, so the flip side of that though, and, the, and, and I don't know if this makes it any better, but then all I did was then just sink my life into my wife. Right. So like as a, you know, we're like, okay, we're equally yoked, um, to, to use that turn of phrase again. Um, and so we'll just, we'll stick together and we'll, we'll make it work. And, um, I'd struggled at a couple jobs, um, that I tried out. I sold health insurance for a bit and that was a nightmare. I wanted to kill myself. And I don't mean that. And I'm not trying to say that in jest, but like, I mean, I, there was genuinely some like, what, again, like, am I going to do this for 30 years? And that's no offense to anybody that's out there that sells health insurance. If you can do it and you're happy, like yeah. good on, I couldn't do it. Right. Um, I did it well. But I was like, I just couldn't, it, I was miserable. I just, right. I couldn't yeah. reconcile that this was like what I was going to do. And so I literally, um, we got married in 07, um, in, uh, in the spring of 07. And during that, that trip that I took to sort of figure some stuff out, um, the year before I had actually stumbled across, um, I kind of gotten into wine a little bit, um, because I was definitely drinking in college when I shouldn't have been, <laughs> but, um, I'd exposed myself to some wine and I really loved handcrafted things. And so I actually, um, I really sort of fell in love with kind of the romanticism of the wine industry. And, uh, it was something that was mine, you know, that was another thing like that. Like I, I wanted something that was mine that nobody else was doing that, like that I didn't have to share with any other like of my friends that were into different things like somebody plays guitar or somebody does this or they're into right. like I wanted like I just wanted my own thing and I never felt like I just felt like I kind of I was like this jack of everything and I wasn't really invested in one thing and so yeah. uh, I kind of threw myself in into wine and um on my trip I actually went through wine countries and I found out about a, uh, a school in uh, in Walla Walla Washington and um so I remembered that and it was like a two year program. And after my wife and I got married, I said, listen, we got nothing else going on here. Let's get the hell out of here. And <laughs> she was like, let's go. And so we moved away to Washington and, um, didn't know anybody. And, uh, I went to go learn to make wine for a couple of years. So, um, and that was, uh, that was, that was intense. That was, uh, that was a big change. So, yeah, that sounds like a big change. Was it was that was that experience uh, positive, and at least in comparison to the one that preceded it with the church? Yeah, yeah. I think I think if 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 anything, I think what you learn, um, you know, considering that I'd come from a relatively strict environment, you know, around alcohol, and um, you know, um, and sort of being in a, a more conservative, much more conservative environment, um, and that's not to say that Eastern Washington isn't, because if anybody that lives uh, in Washington knows the sort of the divide between Western Washington and Eastern Washington is pretty stark politically, but, um, uh, but the, but the wine industry itself is relatively, uh, progressive and, and pretty liberal. And, um, and so I got exposed to, and I think just the food industry in general, I think you start to expose yourself to things like wine and culture. Uh, it was a, it was a rude awakening for me. I mean, I, I, my parents weren't into any of that stuff at all. And so for me getting exposed to, 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 to food and wine, um, and everything that comes along with it and learning how, um, how it all gets made gave me a completely different appreciation for things. And it actually exposed me, um, to, to different people and ideas that I'd never considered before because I'd been so consumed by this, 
evangelical bubble that I put myself in that I hadn't allowed myself to ex- be exposed to people that were, that thought differently from me, that right. you know, made yeah. different lifestyles for me. And that was the first time I'd really done it on a, on a large scale. Yeah. Um, and, and that was huge. So do you, so. Would, at that point, were you, did you feel like that was something that was, um, was it, was that like a, was it a difficult process or like experience or was it something that was actually sort of refreshing for you? Yeah, I think, I think, I think at that point it wasn't, uh, I, I think at that point I had, um, I, it was more just trying to still figure out where I fit. I felt like I was this in this weird position of like, uh, well, I still, I'm, I'm still a a follower of Jesus. I still hold on to these like super conservative, you know, uh, worldviews, but I'm exposing myself to all these people and I didn't mm-hmm. sort of out of fit. Then I, then that was even weirder. It was in some <laughs> ways, I felt like I was caught between these two worlds. Um, and the more I exposed myself to, to, to different people and cultures and ideas and worldviews, um, in some ways I felt I had to sort of, um, isolate myself more, uh, in some weird ways because I didn't want to let go of this thing that was so much a part of my life. Um, because that was scary. It's all I knew. Um, and also my wife was that, you know, we were doing this together. Um, so I had, I had us to think about as well. And so, you know, we, we, we weren't actually going to a church while we were there for a couple of years, but we'd like, we'd listen to sermons like on the computer, you know, in our, in our small little apartment on Sunday mornings, feeling like, okay, well, we're at least ticking the box, you know, like we're doing what we're supposed to be, (laughs) you know, and I'm, you know, and I, and I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it, but I mean, some of that included, um, some Mark Driscoll sermons and, uh, you know, um, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, that, that was a, it was a great experience from a, just a personal development standpoint. But when we decided to, to move back, because I think I saw the writing on the wall, my, my wife had sort of, she wanted to go back to school and, um, I didn't necessarily see the financial opportunity for me career wise with the wine thing. So, which was disappointing because I actually, you know, I, I tried some different things. I actually even started my own wine label for a little bit that was literally started right when the economy tanked in 2008. <laughs> um, and just was a terrible idea. Um, and you know, um, with, I, and I had like no, I had no money. I, bo- I borrowed like a little bit of money from, from my dad. Um, and, uh, you know, but it, it was fun, um, to sort of try something, uh, yeah. to try to start, start a business and, uh, yeah. but it, you know, but it failed and, uh, and I learned some lessons and, um, but we moved back, you know, we moved back to Arizona and, um, and we moved back to basically no one. Um, we really didn't have any relationships to come back to. Um, uh, we weren't, we, we didn't have the church to, to sort of fall back on, you know, cause I hear some of these stories sometimes of people that, you know, and it just, you move home and it's like, Oh, it's right back to normal. You just, you know, jump back into the church you grew up in. I, I couldn't get myself to go back to that church again that I grew up in. I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't face those people. I couldn't do, I don't know why I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Um, uh, I don't know if I was embarrassed or if I was, um, it just it was just too much. Lenny built his coffin down in Carolina, told me he was running for something. But I think he's just out chasing girls. Parent moved all of the shit to Chicago. Mother made sure that she left with the Bible, but 
So, um, yeah, but anyway, um, yeah, that's, so that was kind of, that's kind of the, you know, the, the lead up to sort of where, to where I am now, um, sort of the early, you know, that mid twenties, but, uh, the last, yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know if you sort of (laughs) asked for it or not. Yeah. So Uh, let's, let's do that. So you've, you, you sort of establish yourself as, um, you know, as a couple, as a family, um, over, over a handful of years in one location than you, um, but then. 2016 happens <laughs> like yeah uh 20 you know um is sort of a disaster year <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh um so yeah talk about that you uh you you did mention you did mention um in our run-up to this that it, it definitely a lot of things have sort of processed for you mm-hmm. have been processing over the last year or so and that some things that have you know that you that you've had experiences of but you're, you're sort of, you feel like you're changing a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So what's that, what's that, uh, um, that's, that's definitely, it's somewhat of a leading question, but you know, what, 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 what contributed to that? What, what did that look like for you? I I think, I think a part, I think a part of sort of the last, this last year, just, um, you know, being exposed to, um, to people, like I said, sort of earlier when I was in, in the wine industry and then, uh, subsequently actually I worked for Apple for a little bit. And so I got a little bit more exposed to, to sort of a diverse group of people there. Again, these are all experiences that I just hadn't allowed myself to have in college that a lot of people have in those formative years. I was having sort of late in my twenties, you know, right. and yeah. it was just like, so, you know, people of uh, diverse faiths and, and backgrounds and having conversations and working and being around these people, um, you know, I, I literally didn't have my first, like, honestly, like my first gay friend um, that I would consider like an actual close friend until I was like 28 years old, um, you know, for one reason or another. But, it, yeah. you know, but that, you know, and that was working at Apple and in close proximity and uh, and we're still very close today and I'm, I'm super grateful for, for that relationship. And, and that was also a part of some of this deconstruction. Um, you know, I, I think, um, a lot of the exposure and a lot of the things that, that I've processed about my faith, um, or, uh, my, you know, my previous beliefs and worldviews on things, um, I just simply couldn't hold on to and reconcile anymore, uh, because I just couldn't see Jesus in them anymore. And, uh, and I think that was, that was kind of the turning point for me, um, was just that I couldn't, I couldn't keep lying to myself, um, that I could hold these things so tightly, um, and, and be able to, um, to love in a way that I felt like I was seeing, uh, Jesus love in the gospels. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't reconcile anymore. And I, and I'd heard enough sermons and, uh, you know, listen to enough lessons about different things and people talk about, you know, however they want to spin, um, certain scriptures and things. And I just, I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, it just, it all just felt like, it just all felt like excuses to try to exclude people, um, from, from the thing. And I just couldn't, I, 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 I couldn't accept it anymore. Um, it kept 
I, I just kept feeling like I, all I'm doing is accepting that, that certain groups of people are less than, and I just, I just didn't want to participate anymore. Um, and so that was, uh, that was part of it. And I, I will fully admit that I got sent, um, well, I'll back up. My, my wife actually has, um, her godparents, um, you know, are, are, are gay and, um, are basically like parents. It's like second, you know, like, uh, like uncles to her essentially. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, uh, been with her since she, she was, you know, basically four years old and they, you know, loved her like family. And I remember her talking to me about, about them, uh, and, and, you know, and us going out and visiting them and just engaging with them and loving them and, 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 and then trying to think about it and being like, are there strings here? Like, are there strings attached to this relationship? Are we, are we, you know, are we, is there some expectation at some point that we're going to like prophetize to these people? Like that we're going to like expect them to, yeah. you know, repent of some sin so that we can have, you know, continue the relationship. Like, what is this? Like, what are we doing? And it just, I, it just broke me, man. I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with it anymore. Um, and I, I remember someone sent me, uh, the LGBTQ liturgist podcast last year at some point. And I just remember driving home from, from seeing, from seeing them, uh, with my wife and just weeping, just absolutely weeping because I just felt like it was the first time that I allowed myself to hear some people openly and honestly talk about, um, these things, um, that I'd been feeling, but actually expressing them in the, in, a, in an honest way. And, and that kind of was the start of it. And I think that, uh, from that point, it kind of evolved into allowing myself, giving myself a little bit of the freedom to, to explore some of the other things that I'd had some problems with and some frustrations with, um, in, including, um, you know, and, and not, uh, you know, uh, well, definitely, you know, uh, aspects of systemic racism and things like that, that I just, I was just naive to, I, or in a lot of ways, I felt like my life up to that point was basically, how could I, how could, how could this stuff exist or how could I be participating in it if I was a follower of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like, I, like how, if I was a Bible believing Christian, how, how can you tell me that I'm racist or I'm, or I'm this, or I'm, or I'm sexist or that I'm anti-woman or that I'm this or that, or I'm anti, anti, no, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just, I'm following God's word, right? That's all I was told. And that, that, that it just didn't, it just, it all fell apart, man. It just all fell apart. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> so I, I, I want to, I actually, I want to ask you about a, a way that you actually sort of described it, which I thought was, was really good and really like, um, sort of just descriptive of, of something important. Um, which you said you, you didn't see people exhibiting the love you see Jesus provide in the gospels. Like, is that. Is that what, like, is that really one of the things that just became apparent as you sort of began? And, and what, and the other, the other aspect of that, I think, um, did you see it in places that weren't 
Did you see that love that Jesus gives in the Gospels in places outside of evangelicalism? Um, yeah, I think um, I think I started to see I started to see people who didn't necessarily uh, who had no affiliation with the church, maybe were agnostic, atheists that didn't, and exhibiting. <laughs> exhibiting a life of inclusivity that, um, and exemplifying, uh, the life of Jesus in a way that I just wasn't, I wasn't seeing. It's funny. Cause I think about this stuff now, this is a, this is a weird, I don't know how to frame this. So I remember being sort of, you know, in, in Christian college and then being in, uh, in, in Christian circles and thinking, you know, hearing sort of the, the first time you, you hear about Calvinism, right. And then you're like, and for me, I was sort of like, Oh, I don't think I'm not that, you know, or certainly not all five points or I'm, you know, I, I, you know, I'm, I get to choose, right. Or people choose, you know, like I'm not, this is all, we're not robots and I'm not, we're not marionettes. And, um, but it's funny because the way, when I look back at my life, I never evangelized to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I never, I, I never, I never went out of my way to talk about Jesus to people that I thought weren't quote unquote saved. Like I, I never, I never felt the pull to do that. It was always this like arrogance of like, well, listen, Hey, they're either going to believe that I can't explain why I believe this thing. I just know that I'm saved. And if they want to be saved, they can, uh, that's up to them. Um, but I, you know, I got to keep moving forward. I can't be worried about people's eternity. I, you know, and it's funny because I think about that. I'm like, I was living in a very Calvinistic type way and I didn't even really understand mm-hmm. at the, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I was yeah. living that way, but if, but if someone was to ask me if I was, I'd be like, no, 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 people get to, cho-, you know, this and that. It's like, well, you know, but the way I was acting was like, no, I've been chosen. So I'm good. You know, everybody else, <laughs> can, you know, F off, but I'm not, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm I'm good, and it was very yeah. selfish and self-serving, and very just unloving and not Jesus-like at all. And that's really sort of what um, what started to bother me. I was I was becoming and had become very cynical, I think, in a lot of ways, and um, um, and bitter, um, not only just because of my church experience, but just in general at the world, because I just felt like what you know, I'm seeing all these other people who are not in the church and not, you know, experiencing what I, I thought was the right way to live and, you know, and loving on other people, like living in a way that like in a lot of ways exemplified the love of Jesus. And, you know, and they, none of them, you know, or not, I shouldn't say none of them. Uh, I don't want to exclude everybody, but a lot of them, you know, were just living their life. They may have some, they may have had religion. They may not have, but right. I, I just, I didn't see that in the way that, that I was living. And, you know, I know a lot of people would say like, well, you just weren't, you weren't doing it the right way. You know, you were, you know, you weren't, you just weren't being a good Christian. And maybe that's, maybe that's true. I don't know, but, uh, it certainly (laughs) didn't feel that way. And I, you know, I just realized that I didn't want to participate, um, you know, in, in the system anymore and among other things and, you know, from, Oh, geez. The, just the, the, the financial things with church and, uh, and everything that comes along with that. I mean, it just all started to, to add up. Like I just, you know, uh, so many things started to, 
to just yeah. kind of snowball, you know, and it just became one after another. And then exposing myself to voices that I'd never allowed myself to sort of be exposed to from, you know, guys like Richard Rohr and, you know, Paul Tillich and, um, you know, and just being like, just having my mind blown about concepts and ideas that I just had, um, <laughs> No, you know, no ability to sort of or even would allow myself to sort of uh, even contemplate. And I think those things genuinely um, changed my perspective and it, and and in a lot of ways changed my posture. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. But but there was no question that that, yeah, the, the election and seeing uh, people that um, I genuinely thought were were supposed to be. Um, holding up some kind of a standard, um, or at least profess to, uh, absolutely kowtow to this, uh, to this man, um, simply for, uh, to stand up for, uh, what in their eyes were, you know, maybe two key issues, gay marriage and, and abortion and, yeah. And, yeah. and everything else, you know, you throw your hands up and I just, I couldn't do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and I hear you. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's, I mean, that, I think that a lot of, a lot of people are feeling that. I think, um, I, I think because evangelicals in particular are the key warriors in the culture war, like they're the ones that want to keep fighting it. They're the ones that want to keep propagating it. Um, mm -hmm. whenever something comes up, like this was a big battle in the culture wars. Um, the one, like for me personally, like the Iraq war was the one that sort of kicked me out. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and then, but then there are all sorts of instances where they fail to respond in a Christ-like way, um, yeah. and to a lot of people, like that's their that's their perspective of of it, and and I think it's a valid and legitimate criticism um, to say that you that you can support su support our our president and also profess to follow someone that says love your neighbor as yourself, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and then. Um, yeah. And then for others, it's, you know, for, for others in the past, like there, there have been all these moments in American history and world history that force people to make a choice and you've got to either, you're either with us or against us. Right. So yeah. for some people they're forced out and some people, uh, as in your case, like you just can't go along with it anymore. And I think that's, that's what it is, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's really hard. Yeah. So and that's that's been that's been the that's been the part too. It's just like is is feeling like you know, and I I think where I am finding um, you know as difficult as as my process has been um, for me, and um, you know, I'm fortunate enough that I mean that going through this with my wife. Um, it could have been very different. Um, you know, mm -hmm. her experience is her own. And so I'm not going to speak for her, but, um, which is a very progressive thing for me to say, because I certainly probably wouldn't have said that uh, a few years ago. Um, I probably would have spoken for her. Um, and, um, <laughs> growth is good. Just, hey, growth is good, man. <laughs> Definitely. Um, I'm trying, I'm just, I'm trying every day to be, to be better. And, um, you know, and, and that's definitely yeah. one of the things that, um, you know, and, well, we can talk about that, but, um, <laughs> but you know, the, her experience too is, is, was different. You know, she, I, I know for her hearing me question some things over the years, um, 
there was, you know, cause she kind of consistently stayed doing, um, even though we weren't sort of consistently at a church, we had tried going and doing different things. And when we had kids, you know, we tried going and, and it was sort of something to do on Sundays, but we kind of never felt like we fit. And it was more just like, Hey, we're taking advantage of childcare for a couple hours. And, <laughs> yeah. um, so she, but she was, she's always been genuinely interested in, in, in scripture and loves to study and this and that. And so she kind of stayed involved with doing, um, with Bible study fellowship and, um, which is mostly like old women, but she kind of loved going and, yeah. um, kind of being the young, the young woman there. And, um, you know, but, but they have a very strict, they've got some very strict rules and things like that. And, uh, about, you know, questioning things and very strict uh, curriculum. And I just remember, you know, the first time I kind of said that I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't, I don't think the story of Jonah, I don't think there was, I'm not necessarily sure <laughs> the whole thing, you know, and I just remember seeing her face and being like, what, you know, and that was kind of the first sort of idea of like, whoa, like, uh, you know, not necessarily inerrancy, but just kind of that, you know, well, what, what are we, how are we reading this thing, you know, right. and I just yeah. think it, but it's been given to us in this particular way. Yeah. And I think for her, it was like this real safe, you know, um, the safe book that just is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And it's, and, um, so anyway, I, I won't devolve into sort of her thoughts, but but that was definitely part of it. Was um, yeah. So was, you're going through this together. Yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, but but she actually um, she got a, she was exposed through this, and we ended up going through it together, um, which I am I am grateful for because I know there's a lot of this could have gone very differently, and right. you know, yeah. one because you know she could have essentially. Um, you know, not been open to, to any of this stuff and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what would have happened. So, um, yeah. 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 It, so amidst all that, um, I mean, yeah, I, 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 that's, that's definitely an open question. And I think it's interesting to, to, to ponder. I, I can't think of any prior guests off the top of my head in this moment, like that have, that we've sort of talked about those things, but I'm, I'm certain that there are, there are folks in, in that boat, you know, that have, that got married early and everything else. Um, and they followed that, you know, their life was on rails. Um, and (laughs) now things have derailed (laughs) or like, or like, uh, yeah. (laughs) So, um, but amidst all of this, uh, just, um, how do you, how do you feel about things now? Do you feel comfortable in the, like within your own sort of development over the last year? Do you feel, um, do you feel, at ease or do you feel uncomfortable and like uncertain of things? Does it, does it sort of waver? I mean, because, uh, you know, are you interested in, are you interested in church at all? Like, yeah, I'm learning to be comfortable with my uncertainty. I think that's kind of where I'm at now. Um, that's good. And, uh, you know, I think for me, um, you know, I, my personality was sort of, you know, I was the outgoing guy at church. I was, you know, I was leading worship. I was on stage. I was, you know, uh, been a, a ham sort of my whole life and, um, and talk, 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 talk. Um, and man, I feel like this season of my life has just been trying to just, and I'm sorry. And if anybody's, you know, uh, but I don't think I can phrase it any better. But for me, it's just shut the fuck up. Just be quiet. <laughs> yeah. Um, for me, that's just, I, I just, and listen, just for me to just be listening to other people's stories um, and their experiences, um, both from a, 
you know, I mean, just being able to give myself the ability to, to listen to people who are in different environments and have grown up in different, uh, circumstances than my own and be able to sort of, um, to empathize, uh, yeah. with those people that has been probably the, you know, the biggest, uh, development for me is to try to, um, expose myself to as many different, um, people as possible. Now, is that in person? No, it's not. A lot of it is, is this, a lot of it is, I mean, I will admit it's a lot of podcasts and people exposing themselves, um, and being real and talking about stuff. And, um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a it's a real powerful thing. It's not something to you know dismiss. Really, I think that uh, online communities have their own their own legitimacy now. You know, people receive a lot of comfort um, through through their online communities. I think it's a very serious, very real thing. So yeah, and, and I, I think it yeah. It, to your point, like where else would you be able to broaden your perspective the way you you are now? Um, cause that's the thing. Like, I feel like for me, I don't know, I, I do find myself struggling with like how to, um, how to organically, um, expose myself to, um, to different cultures that aren't my own. Um, when, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm working, I have a, you know, a, a wife and kids, I'm trying to be responsible, to do, to take care of the obligations here. But I, I, I want to be active. I want to be involved. I want to participate. Um, so I, I know that I need to do these things and I need to be, uh, actively, um, participating in things that I feel like when people are being marginalized or people are, um, you know, are oppressed, that that's, those are the things I think what I don't want to do is, um, you know, and that's just recognizing the privilege that I have, but I, but I don't want to do it in an inorganic way where it seems like it's being forced. Um, yeah. you know, like I, I just, no, I, it's I, just, I it's a, it's, you know, like, Oh, you know, please be my friend so I can feel better about my development as a human being. You know I mean? like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, I, yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I get it. And I don't yeah. expect, and you know, what's weird is I don't expect anybody to like, you know, even, you know, having this conversation with you, like, I don't expect anybody to feel sorry for, for me at all, you know, or like to, to be like, you know, cause I mean, I, I fully understand I've lived a relatively privileged life, you know, all things considered. And I fully, I'm aware of that, but this is, this is my situation. It's my, this is my story. It's all I know. Right. Um, right. And that's all. And, but, but I, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to reconcile that, um, with how to be better now moving forward, um, yeah. Yeah. having understood it, uh, with what I was given. And, um, but I, uh, you know, um, I also, I also wonder a lot of times too, like how, you know, as far as like privilege goes, like what I, you know, the fact that I get to contemplate some of this stuff, you know, on such a regular basis, like I always think about some guy, you know, who just, you know, works some super, you know, grindy job that doesn't, you know, that where he can't just sort of, uh, ever take a, a break to sort of contemplate. I mean, I, I work, I'm a sales guy, so I'm in my car all the time and I've, I've got a lot of time to sort of listen to podcasts and contemplate and think and this and that. And I just think about people like who don't get the opportunity to do that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do you ever think about that? Like people yeah. like, there's just people like, cause I have conversations about this kind of stuff, like these spiritual things. And it's funny cause I feel like I'm more spiritual. I think more about spiritual things now than I even did when I was, you know, <laughs> right. like yeah. active involved. Yeah. 
um, excuse me, but, um, and I just think about the people like that I have conversations with this stuff now and they're like, well, it's, I don't ever, I've never, I've never really thought about that. That's really interesting. Or, yeah, I don't know. Are they just, it's sort of not, and it's <laughs> yeah. not to, to ridicule anybody, but I sometimes think like, man, it's, it, it's even a privilege just to be able to have the time to process some of these more complex Oh, spiritual yeah. thoughts and ideas, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and I don't want to take that for granted either, you know, like yeah. looking down at people who don't have these kind of, you know, deep right. conversations about the <laughs> existential <laughs> of the world and all this. Stuff. I don't, uh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So I, I, I get that too. Yeah. I mean, overall, like with, with all of that, I, I think it's, you know, I think it's great that you're being honest with yourself. That's one thing that I think if there is a God, then that God appreciates honesty about pretty much any other thing. So, (laughs) um, and you know, and it's, and even aside from the whole ontological or like existence of God and all that, Mm. even just for your own self, (laughs) like the fact that you're being honest with yourself, um, and that you are conscientious of your own development, conscientious of, the privilege that you have um to uh, to go through it the privilege that you have just in the society that we're in and i have very similar privilege you know i have i have that same straight white guy privilege you know and being yeah. being being present and aware of it um is something that again no one has absolutely the way you said it there's no reason to ever feel sorry like it doesn't even have to be said like um yeah. but but uh and amidst that like it's we it's good for straight white guys to at least know that they have privilege you know um <laughs> instead of it's just being thing. ignorant assholes all the time right exactly um, <laughs> well so, you know and, and the thing is for for me with you know and and I have two I have two young boys you know I I have a 4 year old and a two and a half year old and I you know I I just I keep thinking about sort of how I'm going to present some of these ideas to those boys, you know, um, so that, and, and what does the world look like to them? Because they're right now they're growing up in privilege and I know that. And, um, you know, what do these things look like? And, and, you know, the ideas of, you know, uh, faith and, uh, and belief and, um, you know, all of these things, it's just the, man, the, the rug that just gets pulled out from underneath you when you've got your, everything handed to you and it's supposed to be this way and then it's gone. It's like, Oh man, um, yeah. just the uncertainty of it all, but it's, but it, it's, but it's good. It's all, these are all good questions I think to be having. And it's just, it's, it's going through the process. That's just, that's difficult yeah. because you're just, you know, um, uh, cause it takes time. And, right. uh, um, I think I'm still in it and I don't think I'll, I don't think I'll ever, I ever really want to come, I mean, I don't know, I guess, you know, there's the idea of, of reconstruction and whatever that, whatever that looks like, but I don't feel the pressure to sort of feel like I've got to some, you know, I've got to solidify my theology now, um, uh, yeah, in I some think, particular way. Right. I, I feel there's, there's some of that out there going on that I just sort of feel like I, I appreciate it and I'm interested in the conversation, but I, I don't know if I'm necessarily like, if I feel this like absolute desire to kind of get some concrete uh, belief system again, that's going to be able to, so that I can, you know, um, have a defense of whatever 
it is that I believe. I just don't, I don't, I don't feel like I have to have that posture because I just don't, I don't feel like I need to defend anything. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I think that's a healthy perspective too. Um, yeah. because then, um, yeah, I just getting into the apologetics of any particular belief and just, it, yeah, it, it be, it makes you more rigid again. And that's <laughs> For, for people that are recovering from evangelicalism, I think that's the wrong solution. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably so, true. Yeah. Um, so, well, Mike, thanks so much for, I, mean, I, I you know, we've been talking for a while, but I still feel like we, we keep talking. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, I'm sorry for the listeners. I'm sorry, buddy. Oh, no, do not, do not apologize. You know, it's, it's a great, this is, this is why podcasts are awesome because you can have long conversations and, and it's awesome. That's, it allows that room to breathe that other mediums just don't have. Um, yeah. and I, I'm thankful for the, the platform and the medium itself because yeah, for that absolutely. very reason. So, absolutely. Um, Me too. So, and I didn't cry, so that's good. I was <laughs> really worried I was going to cry in the podcast. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to blame you on that one. You didn't come with enough hard hitting questions. Oh, so. Sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> next, next. <laughs> next time. Uh, yeah. So, um, so do you have any, um, do you have, Anything you want to plug, like a Twitter handle or anything like that? Anything else you're, yeah, you're up to? Yeah, I mean, I, I could, but um, I'm not sure if there's much uh, worth following. I'm at, <laughs> yeah, to be honest, I just, yeah. All right, I, no, that's more, fine. You know? I'm, more of a, I'm more of a lurker, but I'm at yeah. Hyperbolic Mike on Twitter. So, but cool. uh, yeah, it's mostly uh, either, yeah, comic book rants or. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't get to comic books this time, but. Um, that's true. But we will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, thanks, Mike, so much for, for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, and Blake, I just want to say, dude, thank you so much for uh, for your work uh, on this, man. Uh, in all honesty, um, you know, oh, man, this is – and this is where I'll probably cry. <laughs> uh, your podcast um, and and yours and, and ones like it are, I think, incredibly important for, um, for people uh, like myself uh, who are just trying to figure stuff out now, um, who've had their life essentially – uh, feels like it was planned out for them um, and don't know where to look and don't know where to turn. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, it's just, uh, it's given the space um, to be able to doubt, ask questions, to um, to be real um, and to, uh, you know, and to listen. Um, and I think more importantly, I think if we can do a little more listening, um, I think we'd all be in a lot better space. Yeah. So.